welcome. It's the Monday edition of the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And for all those that are listening on the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome. Well, it was a weekend. That's an obvious statement. But it was one where maybe we actually learned a thing or two. Or maybe we didn't because there are a lot of bad football games. And we sat through them because we're suckers and we like bad football. We like any football, really. And so, Donovan, I look at the weekend of games and I say, you know what this is? This is week 11 of the NFL. Guys are a little bit banged up. 100 teams are starting backup quarterbacks. We're at that point in the year where it's just like, we might have to trudge through a couple of bad weeks just to get to the playoffs. Donovan's got to turn his mic on. He changed, no, he I gotta, changed spots I, I got to use the right mic because there's two <laughs> in the same area, and I used the wrong one. I'm looking at them like it says mic on, but I'm, I don't hear myself. I don't think we need to worry about uh, the right microphone being used. I don't think we need to worry about a bad game tonight because we have an outstanding one. Super Bowl rematch. You're, you're think, touting it. It's going to end up being a dud. Either way, I think, it's, I think it is going to be not only a Super Bowl rematch, I think it's going to be a Super Bowl preview. I was waiting for that. I, I, there's a chance. I was asked that on Friday. I was doing a hit uh, with our friends in in Calgary. Uh, I was doing it with Logan Gordon, and he asked me that question. I was like, mm, we'll get into that later. We'll talk yeah. about the Monday night. Your, your, your friends in Calgary wish that they kept they kept uh, Sean Lemon on their team, as the Grey Cup was an outstanding game, even though we had some tough NFL games uh, to get through. But some intriguing storylines, though. That's what the NFL, no matter if the product is not good, the conversation around it is always good. It's always a good soap opera. That's what it is. Like, if you're... The days of our NFL lives. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was a, I was a young and the restless kid because that's what my mom used to watch. So me and Victor Newman. Victor Newman. I would do an impression, but it's not very good. Um the Bills did a really good impression yesterday of a team that could play competent offensive football and score touchdowns and stuff. Although, Donovan, it didn't start out that way with three straight field goals by the Bills to start the game. They're up 9 nothing, And the one that was the most concerning for me was on the opening kickoff, Reggie Gilliam absolutely nails Xavier Gibson causing the fumble on the first play of the game. And you're like, oh my God, the Bills short field here. No, they kick a field goal. However, it was a much better day. Josh Allen, 275 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, You know how when somebody takes over a job, you start to learn things about who their guy is? I think we learned yesterday who Joe Brady's guys are. And those would be, I mean, Dalton Kincaid was used early and often, and then in the second half when the game is out of hand, he was used a little bit less, but he was heavily featured in the first half. But the guy with the biggest takeaway for me was James Cook. 17 carries, 73 yards, and three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Pretty sure that James Cook is his guy. Fantasy owners are just like, can can Gabe Dave be someone's guy? Oh, man. Like, so I actually, I actually had a month straight, not like one week on, one week yeah. off. I had uh, David Sis, who produces the Jeff Merrick show, before I came in here. This was a legitimate question. He said, was, did Gabe Davis play yesterday? I said, he did. 
He didn't do anything, but he was there. He got a lot of cardio in yesterday, Gabe Davis. Khalil Shakir was the big winner. Three catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. The showers did not work in terms of hot water and eventually any water uh, in Washington. The curse of Dan Snyder. In in Washington game. If Gabe Davis was playing in that game, he'd be like, I'm cool. I'll just... uh, I can just go home. I'll just change. Just change my clothes. I'm good. We're raring and ready to go. You mentioned soap opera because... The Buffalo Bills are a soap opera sure in are. a couple facets. One, it's like, who is saying what? What press conference seems emotionally charged? And what are we explaining or trying to walk back or trying to uh, downplay, whether it's Diggs or McDermott or Josh Allen? But the other way that they are soap opera is you could watch every week. You could watch monthly. You could be gone for a couple of years, come back, and it's like, oh yeah, I kind of, I get this. I know the plot line. Like I can just jump back in, same cast of characters, same issues, and like that is the Bills. They look the same. They feel the same. Party around them is the same, and essentially they're gonna have these wild swings of high lows and and low lows, uh, and you never really get to the high highs of winning and putting in consistent football in the playoffs, but. I want to know from you, our resident Bills fan, Mm -hmm. take the temperature on the team and the quarterback because still, despite the win, they're not in a playoff spot. Still, despite the win, odds makers don't have them making playoffs, even though when you look at the carnage in front of them in the AFC and you look at their ability, you're like, I could see them getting on a run and getting a spot. But just their fourth game scoring 32 Plus points this year. Their previous games against the Jets, previous three, they had a negative EPA. So essentially, when their offense took the field, the chances of them winning went down, which generally (laughs) does not happen. They put it on the Jets, the first team uh, to score this amount of points on the Jets since 2021, essentially since Salah had been there. Are you feeling much better about this team one week after they let go of Dorsey. Is, was Dorsey the problem, and now Joe Brady's here and everything's fixed? So I do feel better, and I look at it and say this. I don't think that Ken Dorsey was entirely the problem because he wasn't the one throwing interceptions. He did enough of that during his playing career. He didn't need to do it for the Bills. That's, a, but, that's an NCAA national championship at the U you're speaking about. So. Sure. Uh, his NFL career, not quite. But... I think what it did is it put other guys on notice. Like, you need to pick up your bleep and get going. And that's where I think the difference was. If we look at Josh Allen's stat line, he has one interception. It's a play at the end of the half. It's a throwaway. I mean, for fantasy owners, they don't like it. But it's not one that you put in the thing and go, oh, that's Josh Allen's fault. Does he put the ball in danger still? Yes, he's always going to do that. But I think the way that they incorporated both the run and the pass yesterday, they ran the ball a lot, and they did it effectively against a really good Jets run defense, or at least decent. I don't want to say really good, but decent. The fact that Josh Allen had that kind of a game against the Jets at home where he historically has struggled against the Jets was also something to point towards optimism rather than pessimism in this case. So I feel better. The defense, again, against Zach Wilson, whatever, but the defense was better. Um, so I'm I'm feeling good about, you know, their chance. Like, do I think that they're going to go out and trounce the Eagles next week? No, but they haven't lost the game by more than six points all year. That's been the frustration. So optimism, but I'm not certain because of their schedule that they are a lock to get into the playoffs with however much chaos is in front of them. Want to follow up on Josh Allen, but first, 
Here's what I don't like about Ken Dorsey. Not that you asked. I'm just going to give it to you. Okay. When he was a player at the University of Miami. <laughs> We're going that would, far. Yes, we are. I, I need to get this off my chest. He would wear loose-fitting... Oh, the sleeves? Under shirts that, that are, like, baggy, essentially. And I'm like, my guy, we have technology. We have form-fitting attire. And I know you are not a specimen physically, and maybe you want to cover it up and, and leave a little to the imagination. But guess what? Everything else you're wearing is skin tight, my friend. We don't need imagination. We know you're not ripped. Just embrace it and put on some base layer that actually fits your body and not a hand-me-down loose fit that didn't come from the team equipment guy, and you look like you're not even in senior high school. You're in JV high school. Act your age. Now that we've got that out of the way, Josh Allen. So we're talking about Josh Allen, or, or have been, as if he's having this cataclysmic season, that he's been so far from the level that he's been in the past, that the other elite QBs I know where you're going essentially with this. left him to dry. We're also talking about Lamar Jackson, as if, let's lock it up, MVP, throw away the key. Can I, can I give you Lamar Jackson's numbers this year in comparison to Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, 22 passing TDs, 7 rushing TDs, 15 turnovers, 70 QBR. Lamar Jackson, 13 passing TDs, 5 rushing TDs, 11 turnovers, 62 QBR. They're in the same stratosphere. In fact, Josh Allen is somewhat playing better. Well, he's got 29 total touchdowns. That's he, a lot. He, he's... He is a volume shooter. And when the usage rate is high and the ball is in his hands all the time, yeah, you know what? The turnover numbers are going to be a little bit higher than you like. But even in the last couple years, did he lead in terms of interceptions and turnovers? Yeah. But you know who was, like, within shooting distance? Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. Those guys were close, not as high. But the point is, when you have the ball in your hands, expected to make a play all of the time, sometimes those plays are going to go the other way. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of plays going the other way, uh, how Rasul Douglas did not play more yesterday uh, is befuddling to me. But maybe with a couple injuries, they'll realize, hey, he's pretty good. Uh, two interceptions and a fumble recovery. He's a big play guy. Always has been. He certainly was with Green Bay. Definitely was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, how often do you come with befuddling? Like, is that for special occasions? Yeah. Is that really I, extreme? I Have you ever it, written befuddling in an email? Not in an email, because none of my emails are long enough to include befuddling. Um, I've used it in... I'm not sure how to spell it, because I'm not. Is it two Ds? Yeah, it's two Ds. B-E-F-U-D-D-L-I-N-G. Befuddling. Can you use that in sentence, please? I was befuddled, or it is a nature of befuddlement. Um, on the other side, speaking of befuddlement... Robert Sala is very befuddled right now. He doesn't know who to start a quarterback oh, next week. I think he does know. I think he just doesn't want to tell us. <laughs> well, I, I think, think he knows it's not Zach Wilson. I think he's trying for it not to be Zach Wilson when he laid Zach Wilson out when he ran to the sideline. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, if he's hurt, he can't play. The best Jets tackle this year. Uh, listen, he has been a Zach Wilson truther, and by that he's not been telling the truth, but he has tried to support him and – say that he's improving all things that we know are not true. <laughs> and then last week he took the fifth. And now this week, clearly they're going to go in a different direction. When you bench him in the third quarter with time left. Yeah. 
And the game was, I mean, it was still pretty much out of hand, but so is it going to be Tim Boyle or is it going to be Trevor Simeon? Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Cause we've also talked about, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back. Like if he's coming back week 16, the season's over. There's no point in coming back. I, I think what it's not going to be is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Because one, the season is over Two. What person in good conscience could put Aaron Rodgers on the field at advanced age with that offensive three line? <laughs> months after an Achilles tear with that offensive line? Yeah, somebody uh, I had a, a buddy text me. Uh, shout out Thad in South Dakota said, "Could you like how could this line protect Aaron Rodgers?" And the answer is they couldn't. Correct. Like it would be, it would be better if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback in terms of they'd be able to make plays on offense. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be enormously better. Shotgun, max protect, quick pass. Well, slant, slant. Garrett Wilson, get open. <laughs> Just run all over the place. Uh, okay, uh, on to on to the next one. The Niners over the Bucks, twenty-seven fourteen. I mean, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this one, but what we wait, do... Wait, wait, Why don't we not need to spend a ton of time on this? Well, because one team, their season's probably over. You have a Brock Purdy bias. No, I, I had... Hey, I was happy Brock Purdy hit the over on the yards, and I said <laughs> he was going to. Him and Sam Howell, although Sam Howell barely did it, but he still did it. No, uh, I, I say that facetiously. I don't think you really do, but it just amazes me. I'm biased because I think he's good, and other people think he's a system guy. He's a good quarterback. But he literally was... was Perfect. He he had a uh, perfect passer rating, and we're like, oh, Kyle Shanahan just playing video games with a quarterback doesn't matter. Like, no is matter it because what- they played Tampa though, and that secondary is horrible. Is that part of the equation? I, I think, don't think it matters. I think part of it is that George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk were running wide open as if it was a video game. Yes, for sure. But it to me is funny that he can't do anything right and get full credit, and then if he plays poorly, he gets full blame, which to me is similar to early Tom Brady when we thought he was a game manager. The difference was that that team won Super Bowls. Yeah. And we compared Brady to Manning. I don't know if Purdy is going to be able to do enough for them to win, but I just said that people don't give him credit, and I'm already in the same sentence uh, denigrating. But does he need to do enough to win, or does he need to not do enough to lose? Is that... Part of the conversation, because here's the second part of that equation. The defense is playing a lot better. The addition of Chase Young obviously makes a difference. Four sacks, uh, team sacks yesterday, forced two turnovers. Again, okay, it's the Bucks. whatever. That's fine. The Bucks scored 14 points. Okay, but as we look at this team, they also just hammered away at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just put up 34 against the Tennessee Titans. So we could say whatever we want about who they were playing, you still have to put up the numbers, okay? You only can play the schedule that's in front of you. Are you back on the San Francisco wagon of, yes, they are a contender in the NFC? Or were you ever off it? No, not only. I mean, I think I was off it. I, 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 I said it's probably because Trent Williams or Debo Samuel aren't there, but I think I was off it. But I'm not only am I back on. You're leading the charge. Plus 200 for the Niners to win the NFC? Yes, please. Yeah. I, yeah. They are, I think, just lurking in the tall grass where, you know, Philly's got a tough game tonight against the Chiefs. Philly has a tough schedule to end the year. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. 
But essentially, outside of those teams, who do we think could give the Niners a run for the NFC? More importantly, let's say they don't come back and win the division, and they have to win a bunch of games on the road. Do you think that's going to be an issue for them? No. I, I don't. No, it certainly doesn't feel like. Not the way the defense is playing and the offense is cooking right now. They're they're able to beat you in multiple ways. Oh, you want to take away our wide receivers? Okay, that's fine. We'll just beat you with George Kittle. Oh, you want to take away the running game like they kind of sort of did yesterday in limiting Christian McCaffrey on the ground? Sure, Brandon Ayuk will just beat you for 156 yards. They have talent at every single position. We've talked about this over and over and over again. They have good coaching. The talent's going to take them wherever the talent takes them. That's how I look at it. They're the most, from top to bottom, even if you, because you can include the quarterback in that. If we're looking at a roster, they are the most talented team top to bottom in the NFL. Well, include the quarterback. Sure. The quarterback is going to be a pro bowler in the NFC. I mean, who who else? Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and? Jared Goff. Jared Goff maybe is in that conversation. But Brock Purdy's been great. I is, mean, I saw, is when, Josh when Dobbs going to be a Pro Bowler? Yeah, when jo- when when Brock Purdy hasn't been concussed, he's been great. Correct. So if he's healthy, the Niners are legit, plain and simple. On the other side of the field, that game kind of did feel like the end for Tampa, even though we didn't expect them to win. But opportunity does knock with this schedule. At the Colts versus the Panthers, at the Falcons, at the Packers, Versus the Jags, versus the Saints at the Panthers. Uh, opportunity knocks with that division. Yeah. Because who do you feel? I mean, this is your division. You're the spokesperson for the NFC South. Man, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> who who could have predicted that? Who do you feel good about in that division? <laughs> we have no idea if the Saints are going to finish the year with a healthy quarterback. The the Falcons are starting Desmond Ritter the rest of the year, which is like Arthur Smith is uh, un- just the uh, Until worst. they're not. like. Well, yeah. Okay. The, Arthur Smith says something. Does it mean anything? It's like if a tree falls if if a tree falls in the in the woods and nobody hears it, did it happen? That's pretty much Arthur Smith. But there are, I think, more known quantities on the Bucks than there are on those other teams. I know Lovey Smith can come with a defensive game plan that you, you give him. You know, a one-off scenario, he can be effective. I know those Tampa Bay pass catchers can be really good and make some big plays in the passing game. And Baker has the ability to make the throws, whether or not he can see them is is a different question, but I'm not out on Tampa potentially winning the South because I don't have a whole lot of faith on the other two teams that are giving them a run. Six and four is the latest wild card spot in the NFC that is held by the Minnesota Vikings. who We will talk about a little bit later. So you're not you're not out yet on the Bucks. And the schedule does allow for them to get in even if they don't win the division in a wild card spot. It's not a it's not a tough schedule going forward. But who are they kicking out for that last wild card spot in your mind? That's a good question. Cuz I the Cowboys are in. The Cowboys are in. The, a, the, the Seahawks if Geno Smith is banged up, they play on a short week. They if they lose they're probably going to lose to the Niners on Thursday. They're 6 and 5. You're not a fan of Drew Locke? I'm I'm not a fan of I'm not locking it in. How about that? Okay. Uh, speak, oh, speaking of locking it in, everybody in the world and their grandmother should have locked in the under between these two teams in yesterday's game. The total was 33, and it was one of the lowest totals in like the last 20 years. Browns 
over the Steelers. And I can't believe that I'm saying that because I thought the one point Browns favorite line was way too much. This was a horrible football game. Unsurprising to no one. Kenny Pickett, 15 of 28 for 106 yards. I'm going to give you a stat here, Donovan. It is mind-blowing. I think I know it. You probably do know it. Uh, this is my, my pal JK sent this along. Uh, yes, I do my own research, by the way. It's just people send me interesting things, and I, I we'd like to talk about them. Is this the stat? 315 quarterbacks have 500 pass attempts since the merger. Only one has thrown a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his passes. Donovan, it is Mr. Kenneth Pickett. Kenneth Pickett, the fourth. I don't know if it's the fourth. It is not that. 1.9% of his throws have been for touchdowns. Wow. That sucks. That's not That's not the stat I knew. So I, I will see your <laughs> I will stat and I will, I will raise you. I counter with this. Marchese, take a wild guess. How many passes in the first half can he pick it through past the yards to gain? Not not past 10 yards, just past whatever the yards mm-hmm. to gain was on that given play. Three. One. Wow. One pass uh, past the sticks. So, um, Jalen Warren. He was good. He Shocking. Was good. 129 rushing yards. You know who's had that, has more than that um, once in his career? Najee Harris. Wow. First round pick. Don't forget. Jalen Warren undrafted. You want another stat? Yes. I'm just going to, I'm just statting you down right now. I got a good one. So we're talking about QBs trying to find themselves, uh, young QBs. You know who has more multi touchdown? passing games I know in their career than Kenneth Pickett the fourth? I do. It's Tommy DeVito. That's right. Yep. Not the bit not the guitar player from the four seasons. Staying at home with Ma and Pa and outdoing a Steelers franchise quarterback. By the way, that is the life. Like if you're if for a guy that's not making any money, like Tommy DeVito isn't, living at home, like he says, laundry's done, his meals are made. Like that's the dream. I'm assuming he's not screaming Ma the meatloaf. Ma, the meatloaf. Given the last name, I'm assuming it's Ma, the meatballs. Yes. Yes. Or the, hey, Ma, where's the veal parmesan? I can do that because I'm Italian. By the way, for anybody that wants to see every single Kenny Pickett pass a, attempt beyond the sticks today, check out Benjamin Solak's Twitter. He has every one. And I'll tell you this. They all suck. It, it's a, it's a vine. It's a Snapchat yeah. video. It's so yeah. quick. So, Oh no, there's a few, but they all they're all horrible. Horrible, horrible. So I guess th- we've kind of answered our own questions. We're both out on Kenny Pickett here, right? We're done. I, I yeah, I mean I don't think a change in offensive coordinator does anything at this point, does it? Like cuz now the everybody's like, "Oh, Matt Canada sucks." It's like, "Well, maybe he does suck, but maybe he has to do that cuz his quarterback sucks." He, he certainly does. And as much as we love Mike Tomlin, we both do. I, I'm not only a member of the fan club, I'm, I'm the president of it. How much of this offense or lack of an offense post Ben Roethlisberger, even the late years of Ben Roethlisberger, are on him? And 
sometimes institutionally you work at a company that's old school, that they, you know, fax things instead of emailing PDFs. And he works for a company that says, well, we don't fire people in season. It's not the way we do things. We really don't fire people before their contract is up. But Mike Tomlin also, let's remember, moved on from Bruce Arians, Mm -hmm. who went on to win a Super Bowl and was known as a QB whisperer. So if you were willing to have that risk capital to help your offense in the past, you can't be watching run game and a defense that is, in my opinion, championship worthy and just allowing this on offense. No, you can't. And I mean, they're still in a playoff spot for however long that is, but there are teams that are playing better than they are behind them. That's another game where they're outgamed by the offense with a rookie quarterback on the other side. You know what we need? What's that? We need playing games because there's by the end of the year, there's going to be a team that's playing much better like the Bills that's on the outside looking in. And then there's going to be teams still in the playoff spot like the, the Browns, the Browns seven and three. or the Steelers who make it but don't deserve. So we need a play-in game. Yeah, we need something because this is like the you don't deserve to be here game, but you are. That's pretty much where we're at. Uh, on the other side of the ball, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson throws 43 times and amasses 165 yards. Wasn't pretty. Had the interception, added three carries for 20 yards. Um, it was so bad that they decided to sign Joe Flacco to the practice squad. And you know, because this team is 7-3, and three, they'll give Dorian Thompson-Robinson another game or two. Long enough for Joe Flacco to get acclimated and take this team the rest of the way. That's what's going to happen here, right? Like, that's, that's what we're looking at. So... You're starting DTR and not PJ Walker mm-hmm. because you're looking at the long term, which is stupid because you you paid Deshaun Watson forever. But anyway, true. But you also don't know if he's going to be that's also true. close to the level of player that you're paying for forever. So can you develop someone who's extremely cheap behind him? And I think that was the calculus to not keeping Josh Dobbs in the offseason mm-hmm. and keeping DTR because remember. P.J. Walker wasn't there. He, he was signed uh, after uh, training camp. If you're not playing P.J. Walker, are, are, you, are you playing Joe Flacco? Like, th- this is an odd move. The, Elite the Jets, Joe Flacco. The Jets had the worst QB position in the league last year. And one of their takeaways was, yeah, Joe, thanks, but no thanks. And Joe Flacco was playing the best out of all three of those QBs. Right. Yeah, I, I still Joe Flacco's making starts for this team. You think and I so? think oh I do. I think I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is gonna be bad enough that they're gonna look at it and go, We have a shot here, and this guy is not the answer. At least Joe Flacco can throw the ball. At least he's different. He's different. Yeah. He's has experience. Experience goes a long way, apparently, in keeping a job. So Joe Flacco there. Uh seventeen total punts in that game. Wow. Not fun. Um, so I mean, as we look at this. And this will be kind of a quick conversation. Do you have confidence in either of these teams at this point? Nope. Do you think both of do you think do you think either of them make the playoffs? Like the Browns have created a lot of ground here. They're seven and three. The Steelers less so at six and four. But is it just one that gets in? Both? None? I can't believe I'm saying this. I know what you're gonna say. I think it's the Browns. Yeah, so do I. They one, they've beaten 
the Steelers and the Ravens in successive weeks. They're going to have tiebreakers on their side. Their defense might be the best unit in football. I, I, I don't understand how they're winning. I, at the same time, would not be surprised if they don't win another game. I'm surprised they've won the amount of games that they've won. Probably have a personal bias because I didn't love the Deshaun Watson situation. But the the schedule and I think the tiebreakers, which is going to matter because there seems to be a thousand teams with five wins in the AFC. I think, if anything, them, because they're trending in the right direction. And the Steelers, even though, you know, not that long ago they were leading this division, they were doing it against the grain. Yeah. Right? They weren't actually playing good football. They were outgained in every game. So the bigger Eventually the, the worm turns on that one. The bigger the sample size, uh, the truer the understanding is. And I think we understand what this is. Browns have the Broncos. So away at Broncos, at Rams, home to the Jags, home to the Bears, at Texans, home to the Jets, at the Bengals to finish off the season. I could see them winning three games to get to 10 wins. Like, they, they can beat the Rams, although it's a road game. Uh, they can well, beat the Bears. That means it's a home game. Right. Um, by the way, Browns 5-1 and one at home. Pretty good. Uh, at Texans, I don't. That's going to be a tough one. And the Bengals on the road is toss-up because who knows what the heck that's going to be in Week 18. But I can find three wins there. I, I think you you factor in that the Bengals are not going to have Joe Burrow playing. And I think the Browns should be favored in that game, even though it's on the road. Yeah. Well, it also depends on who's starting at quarterback for the Browns. We may not know that until then. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, our favorite, well, our second favorite head coach who gives us the most ridiculous sound bites went off yesterday. Oh, yes, I'm talking about Brandon Staley as his Chargers lose again, this time to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we'll get to that and more when we come back. This is the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett, right here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pretty much automatics in life. Birth, death, taxes, and Brandon Staley now blowing up after a loss and really, really getting on the defensive. Jim Harbaugh on line one, the suspended Jim Harbaugh, I might add, who's probably sick and tired of college football. Just saying. By the way, there will there will be victory laps. There will be. Just so you know. Not for you, because you were like, well, I could see that happening. Now, Brandon Staley yesterday, after another tough loss, this one to the Green Bay Packers, the seat's getting hotter. Here's Brandon Staley on calling plays on defense and why his team lost that game. I have full confidence, like I've told you, and like I've told you from the beginning, I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller and the way that we teach and the way that we scheme, full confidence in that. We got to bring this group together and do it consistently, okay? And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question, okay? I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. 
so you don't have to ask that again. I'm not here to talk to, to the fan base. I'm here to talk to my players, the locker room. I know that we give ourselves a chance to win every single week with the game plans that we have, okay? And we have done it here. You guys act like we've never played good defense. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. You act like we haven't made any improvements. Today in the run game, we played outstanding. We're rushing the quarterback well. What we got to do a better job of is in the passing game. And that's where our full attention is, and it's where it will continue to be. There were a lot of other things that caused us to lose today. It certainly wasn't our defense. It was the way we played as a team. We didn't play well on, enough on the red zone on offense. We dropped too many passes. Okay? We gave up a few killer sacks. Okay? We did this as a team. Stop making it about one unit because that's not what happened out there today. Our team lost, and I am fully responsible for it, and I take full responsibility. But we lost as a team today, and that's the storyline. Hold on a second. He said don't make it about one facet of the game, which was the defense, and what did he do? Made it all about the offense. Correct. Wow. Talk about having no self-awareness. That sounded like a really angry guy who knows he's getting fired. I think talk about having no self-esteem because... Well, he tried the beard, then that didn't work for him, and then he... Oh, you mean call... Yeah, okay. But I think it's all... It's, you're making a joke, but I think it's all wrapped into one. He Clean-shaven Brandon Staley, bearded Brandon Staley, clean-shaven again Brandon Staley, analytics Brandon Staley, going the opposite way and no analytics Brandon Staley, analytics Brandon Staley again. When you're confident, you know who you are. And you do what you do because you've put in the work and you've had the process. He does not know who he wants to be as a coach, what his team should be, and why it is he's not getting results. So he's out here making things up and getting defensive when people are asking legitimate questions. He said in that, I'm not here to talk to the fan base. I'm sorry, my guy. No, you actually are. That's literally why you do media is to talk to the fan base. You get to talk to your team. It's in the locker room and it's every day at practice. So... He is searching for ways to validate himself. And in doing that, not only is he throwing other parts of his organization under the bus, but he's forgetting to realize that no matter why, it all comes back to you. You are the head coach. Yeah. So if the offense or, or the dropped balls or the, the red zone, if all that isn't good enough, it comes back to you. So yeah, sure, you are better in the run game today, but that's relative to your defense being terrible in the run game and you calling the plays for it. I think that's the aspect that he doesn't understand is that he doesn't understand why he's being questioned. And it's like, no, you're in charge of all of this. And maybe it's too much of a gradual progression to go from being a football blogger five years ago to the head coach of a franchise. But this is what comes with it, answering tough questions and having a, a plan as to how you're going to write things, which is something he has never provided. No. He has just said, stop looking here. There is no issue. Well, no, there is an issue. They are 0-5 in games decided by three points or fewer. The only, the only other teams that are close to them have lost two of those games. They've lost five. And they have. it's not like... They're two and five. They're, they're 0 and five. You haven't been able to manage close games, and your defense hasn't been able to get stops. That's your job as a head coach. Yeah, and he put it on the quarterback and the new offensive coordinator. That's what he did. So here's the here's the other thing. Can we stop calling people geniuses in whatever their field after they haven't done it and took over a Super Bowl winning defense? Because Brandon Staley was the defensive genius from his time with the Rams where he literally took over a Super Bowl winning defense because Wade Phillips said, 
I won a Super Bowl now. I'm retiring. That's what happened. So here's the numbers because this has become a stat show today, and we're fine with that because what do we always say? Men lie, women die. (laughs) Jeez. Men lie, women lie. I mean, men die too. Uh, Numbers don't. So he talked about how how people think that this defense has never played well. Okay. Since 2021, they have given up a league-leading 112 plays of at least 25 yards. Since 2021, or sorry, in 2021, tied for third most in points allowed per game, 27. 2022, tied for ninth most points allowed per game, 22.6. This year, ninth most points allowed per game, 23.9. Prior to yesterday's game, Brandon Staley's defense in 43 games had a positive EPA 15 times. That is good for 34% of the games where they had a positive EPA. In the games that they had those positive EPAs, here are the quarterbacks. Derek Carr three times. Nick Foles, Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Vagent, Drew Locke, Russell Wilson, the Ryan Tannehill-Malik Willis combo, Baker Mayfield, the Ryan Fitzpatrick-Taylor-Heineke combo, and Mac Jones. Donovan, do you see a trend here? Yeah, he better thank his lucky stars. He's been in the AFC West and had the Broncos and the Raiders for the last couple years. And that he has Justin Herbert as his quarterback. Yes. This guy's a joke. So we've talked in the past about are the Buffalo Bills mentally cursed by the 13 seconds. And if that has informed everything that they've done and how psychologically they have not been able to get past it, we shall see. I'm here to tell you that the San Diego, San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers, both of them, San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers, are still stuck in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. having blown a 28-point lead. Because Brent Staley, as much as he told us, we're not thinking about that. We're past that. We're not thinking about Jacksonville. He also brought up when someone mentioned the fact that Quentin Johnston dropped uh, a massive uh, ball that on third and six, down three with 23 seconds left. That would have been certainly a first down, potentially a touchdown. His defense for that was, well, you all saw that Quentin Johnston was good in training camp. <laughs> It's November okay. 20th, my guy. What does training camp have anything to do with it? You're not allowed to be a history major and go back to training camp and say, well, we care about what happened in training camp now, but then also tell us that you're not thinking about what happened against the Jacksonville, Jar- against the Jacksonville Jaguars for your Los Angeles Chargers team. Training camp was closer to you blowing a 28-point lead than it is to right here, right now, today. Yeah, because it's all in the past, and it doesn't matter, and nobody cares. Like, that's that's just the crux of it. He's he's grasping at straws. He knows he's going to get fired. And, again, we don't want anybody to lose their job, but, like, let's be, let's be, you know, a little bit less transparent. We can see right through you, man. We know. You're, you're not very good at your job. Well, actually, no, I don't want anybody to lose their job. I don't wake up thinking, man, I hope this person gets fired. But what we're talking about is a sport where those jobs are so coveted Mm -hmm. and so sacred. I think people should deserve them when they get them. Yeah. Or they should exhibit an ability to do them well in order to keep them. 
because there is a bevy of qualified people who would love an opportunity in that sport specifically. Many qualified people don't get an opportunity, and Brandon Staley does, and not only doesn't make good on it, but then gets in his feelings when you ask him questions about it. So it, not if, when he loses that job, I'm not not only not going to be surprised, I'm not going to really feel bad for him. And, and by the way, uh, if you are interested in, in betting on someone losing their job, he right now is plus 150 favorite to be the next coach fired. So yeah. if you want to sprinkle a little money on Ron Rivera, a little money on Brandon Staley uh, to help you pay off your mortgage, go ahead. Yeah, you're probably pretty good bets there. I would probably sprinkle a few shekels on that. Uh, okay, so we're, we're kind of tight on time in terms of getting the other two games that we wanted to get in before the preview. That's my fault. No, no, it's okay. Um, no, the Brandon Staley stuff we needed to get to because he's a chooch. Uh, you want to go Lions, Bears, or Broncos, Vikings? Let's go Lions, Bears, because I still don't understand the Broncos, to be honest. Okay, we can do that one tomorrow. Uh, this really didn't look good for the Lions for the basically the entirety of the game, and they score uh, twice in the final three minutes, plus a safety to beat their division rivals in the Bears, uh, 31-26 the final there. David Montgomery, of course, scores the game-winning touchdown. Um, he was great, eight uh we have eight carries for 77 yards and a touchdown or sorry. No, no, that's a lot. That's a lot. He did score the touchdown. I had that. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown. That was my mistake. He had eight catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. I wanted to ask you this question. Where do you put him among the best receivers in the game right now? Like I, it's top. I think for me, it's five. It's top five. And I don't know that he's five. It's a bar. Look at you. Little hip hop rapper. Um, he Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams with a quarterback. I think AJ Brown and CD Lamb are on the phone, uh, wanting to have sure. some words with you. I, I think they're all in that conversation, and you feel good if you had any of them. And, and we're not even talking about uh, Cooper Cup, who hasn't had that type of year because he hasn't been healthy, but over the last couple of years. He's been in that conversation. I, I think, put it this way. If he didn't play in Detroit, his name was easier to say. If we, <laughs> just call him Sun God. If, yes, just call him Sun God. If we had seen him do his thing for a couple years in college, I think he's right there in the conversation with those other guys. He just hasn't had that level of primetime success, big playoff moments, a bunch of games in primetime. Well, guess what? He's going to get his chance this year. Certainly is. So with that win, okay, the the Detroit Lions, they improved to 8 and 2. They're just a game behind the Philadelphia Eagles depending on what happens tonight. The this is the most it was such a good stat. This is the first time since 1969 that the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns have won seven of their first 10 games to start the season. What happened in 1969, you ask? The Apollo landed on the moon, and Bill Belichick was a senior at whatever high school he was at. That's where, like, that's how long ago this was. Good on the, the Lions. They could have easily lost that game, and it would have been horrible. Uh, solid performance. The other side of the ball, what do you think of Justin Fields? 
Can I get a little 1969 Bill Belichick asking someone to prom? Hi there, uh, Jenny. Um, it's Bill. Uh, I just wanted to know if you, uh, if you would like to accompany me to uh, prom. And then uh, after that, on to after prom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna walk out of the cabin with my tarp off. Oh and yeah, glare right. at the sun. They didn't have doorbell cameras back then. <laughs> I don't even know if they had doorbells back then. Uh, Justin Fields, sixteen to twenty-three, one hundred and sixty-nine yards through the air, one TD, uh, added eighteen carries for one hundred and two yards. That's the biggest difference that I noticed. They finally gave him, and they put him in a situation to be successful. The question is. Can you live that way? Because this was the Justin Fields that helped people win their fantasy leagues to end the year a year ago. He was supposed to take a step passing. Now, he, he had a, a beautiful throw in a more for a TD, but ultimately didn't put up numbers for the year. I think we now are going to have a two-month probationary period trial for Justin Fields to keep that job. Mm-hmm. Is a performance like that, in your mind, good enough? It's a step in the right direction. That's what I will say. He didn't He didn't make turnover-worthy throws like he has in the past. I think he learned something from watching Tyson Bajan. Believe it or not, I think he watched him and said, okay, like, I don't need to press so much. And again, he only threw the ball, you know, 23 times. But I think he put the ball in harm's way less, which I think is important. Um, okay, we actually, we got to get to this uh, this Monday nighter here. Super Bowl rematch, potential Super Bowl preview, as we talked about. And you know, the, the funny thing for me is when I look at these two teams and I look about I look at them in the Super Bowl last year, the two calling cards are not the two calling cards this year. The Eagles defense and the Casey offense were what helped vault them to the Super Bowl last year. This year, it's the Eagles offense. Not that it was bad last year, but the Eagles offense against the Casey defense. That's the interesting storyline for me here. And the interesting storyline for me is how long will that remain the case for the Eagles' offense? They lose Goddard. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts has been hampered physically in terms of being able to be mobile. Now, he had the bye, so we'll see if he's more uh, able to continue to extend plays with his feet. But also, when I think about this one, I think about Andy Reid off a of bye and how good he's been and how he's essentially most teams uh, bye week you come in, you know, do a little bit of work. You have Monday off, do a little bit of work Tuesday, Wednesday, go away for four days and we come back. Andy Reid is like, as soon as the game's over, you're gone. You're done. You get a full seven days off. It's a mini literal break, which is why you see his players in Argentina make it out with people. Nice. Uh, but I, I think the fact that we talk, Andy Reid, he schemes up so well off a of bye. I think also his players are energized off a of bye because they can go on vacation or they can just not go into the facility if they don't need to. So we'll see things. And then the other fascinating thing for me is family meets. Taylor's family. I was waiting for that. Meeting with Travis's family. Now, Travis's family, the Kelseys are from Cleveland. Taylor's family is from Philly. Cleveland and Philly don't really mix in any sports how's that going to go down in the booth is your do you want your first meeting with family members to be on tv public but also the kelsey's have to cheer for philly and kc because their sons play on both teams taylor's family from philly so does the dad who's cheered for the eagles his entire life cheer for his team or does he cheer 
for his not son-in-law yet, but like boyfriend flings team. All of these questions keep me up at night. So um, I'm going to give my best bets <laughs> for today. No, no, but there's a, there's a flavor to this. Okay, go ahead. So um, Taylor Swift, as you just said, will be in the building. Yeah. As will her parents, as you mentioned. How many times on camera? Oh, God, the over-under. 35? It's, it's at least 20. Um, and league, Eagles linebacker Nicobe Dean is out. I mentioned this, Donovan, for no reason in particular. Oh, okay. Other than Travis Kelsey, over seven and a half receptions. Oh, wow. Travis Kelsey, over 75 and a half receiving yards. It is the Travis Kelsey game, ladies and gentlemen. Because you know he's going to Pat, and he's been like, Pat, listen, I got some people to impress here, okay? I could, I could end up marrying into the family. I need to impress. You got to feed me the ball. Bayard can't cover me one-on-one. No, no. Here's Travis Kelsey <laughs> but, but has he six nervous, catches though? at halftime. Is he nervous though? How's it going it up doesn't, there? It doesn't Does my matter. Mom say something ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Know. You know why normally, it doesn't matter? Because his numbers with Taylor Swift in the building are ridiculous and I don't get I it. I get that. But normally when the parents meet, you're there to kind of like smooth things over. You're on the field having no idea how it's going. Maybe he goes the other way. Bunch of early drops. His mind's not in it. I'm just saying. I'm standing by my bets here. Okay. Best bets. Travis Kelsey over seven and a half reception. Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half receiving yards. That's going to do it for us today on the fan checkdown. Thanks, thanks to Lance behind the, the mic. He's behind the glass. Donovan behind the mic. Matt Marchese over here. We'll talk to you tomorrow.